We've gathered once again. We want to fix our eyes on uh, the one that we have gathered to worship. We want to continue fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we've been walking through Mark's Gospel, and we've been looking at the life and the teachings, the message, the ministry of Jesus Christ. So let me invite you to open the Scriptures with me uh, once again to Mark, uh, Mark's Gospel. Page 815, I believe, in a pew Bible. If you don't have a pew Bible, it's probably on a different page, but uh, maybe not too uh, far to the left or the right. But Mark chapter 4, as we continue looking at this account of Jesus' life. You know, I think one of the most humbling things that Jesus uh, ever said uh, is found in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, And it reads this way, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Many people today reject and challenge the exclusivity of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And and though offensive to self-centered sinners like us, the message of the Bible, the message of the gospel says, apart from the blood of Jesus Christ, we remain dead in our sins. On On the broad road, headed for the wide gate. And yet we're called, we're invited to turn and to repent and to follow after Jesus. You know, there are many things that we might could uh, converse about, even debate about uh, in the Scriptures, but uh, this much is clear in the Bible that Jesus Christ is not one route to God. He is the only route to God. And yet many reject Him. Many, most, miss Him. Many fail to believe in Him. And yet, even so, the Scripture teaches that as the gospel is proclaimed, as the message of Christ is spread, there will be an abundant harvest. Though many may fail to believe, the gospel produces an abundant crop. Many reject the message. They did in Jesus' day and they have ever since. They do in our day and they will continue doing so until the return of King Jesus. Though many fail to believe, the gospel produces an abundant crop. That is a promise from God's word that I think ought to invite self-examination and gospel proclamation. Jesus was certainly, is certainly, the master storyteller. And as the master storyteller and the master teacher, Jesus often used parables. He often used uh, everyday uh, scenarios and images to explain kingdom of God truths, kingdom of God uh, realities. And as we read earlier uh, this morning, uh, Jesus used parables uh, to confirm the faith of believers and to strengthen it. And at the same time, to confirm uh, the unbelief of, of unbelievers. But Jesus told a story about a farmer who went out to uh, sow his seed, scattering his seed. And some of that seed uh, fell on uh, a path and birds came and ate it up. 
Other seed fell among the rocks and scorched for lack of good soil for its roots. Still other seed fell among thorns and weeds. And still more seed fell on good soil. Jesus says it produced an abundant harvest. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then this morning we're going to look at Jesus' explanation of this particular parable. So as you find your place in Mark chapter 4, let me invite you to, to join me standing for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. We see there that Jesus then began to explain this particular story to his disciples. Then Jesus said to them, verse 13, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like Seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, verse 20, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Father, we do ask you now to lead us, to guide us in rightly understanding and applying the truths of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. So here Jesus gives us an explanation of this particular parable. And through Jesus' own words, through his explanation, we see that uh, the seed that is scattered by the farmer uh, is the message of the word, the message of the gospel of Jesus. It is the good news of the gospel that is the centerpiece or the central message of all of the scriptures. And the farmer who scatters the seed... Uh, is Jesus himself in this particular story in his day. And any other believer, any other follower of Jesus who spreads the message of salvation in Jesus. And then four different soils, four different types of soils that represent the hearts of those who hear this message and respond to it in various ways. You know, I'm fascinated when I read this account and when I read about the ministry and the teachings of Jesus, that Jesus uh, seemed to know, certainly knew, that his message uh, would be received in different ways. He knew that many would not believe his message, and yet he seems to be uh, okay with this. Not that that's his desire, but he knows that this is reality and that this is the way it's going to be. And I have to confess to you this morning, church, that I'm far too much of uh, a middle child for that. Uh, That bothers me. Uh, You can think that I'm a fool, but please don't tell me. Uh, It's okay for us to disagree, but let's let's be nice about it, right? Um, I want to think that everybody can just get along. And here comes Jesus saying that everybody will not just get along. That many, 
Even most will fail to believe this message, this central message of the gospel. For Jesus knows that that there are many other things that are vying for our attention and our affection and will capture our hearts if we're not careful because of the sin nature that is within us. Jesus says some will refuse the message. Some obey the wrong voice. Some obey the wrong voice. Verse 15, Jesus says, Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. You know, I really don't think Satan is all that interested in our hearts. I, I could be wrong here, but this is my hunch. I don't think Satan's that interested in our hearts. I think Satan knows that on the scale of love, that he cannot compete with Jesus Christ. Yet Satan is very disturbed and very troubled and resents the fact that anyone at all would worship God. And so he does everything in his power, everything in his uh, authority, every opportunity he has, he wants to lure any and all away from the worship of God, any and all away from God. You know, I think Satan loved it back in chapter 3, verse 22, when the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem to investigate Jesus said this. They said, Jesus is possessed by Beelzebul, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. I think Satan loved that, knowing that that was a false accusation, knowing that they were attributing to Jesus uh, Satan's work. Yeah, this sort of misguided direction, this sort of interference between people and the relationship with the Lord is right up Satan's alley. Jesus says some obey the wrong voice. And these here are those that reject the message of the gospel outright. They refuse it. They're not interested in it. They go a separate way. Perhaps you know people like this. Maybe a co-worker who laments that it's foolish and a waste of time for anyone to go to church. Maybe a grown child who rejects uh, faith as unnecessary and irrational. Jesus says, some obey the wrong voice. Some obey the wrong voice. Others, though, others, though, according to the Scriptures, show more promise, at least at first, at least in the beginning. They respond eagerly to the message, Yet they lack real commitment. Some respond eagerly, yet shallowly. Some hear the message, the word of God, and they respond eagerly to Jesus, yet shallowly. Verses 16 and 17. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But Since they have no root, they last only a short time. And trouble or persecution comes because of the word. They quickly fall away. Some respond eagerly, yet shallowly. Shallowly is a word, by the way. I know what some of you are thinking. It's the same thing I was thinking, but I looked it up, and it is. I think these correspond most naturally to the crowds, the masses, The enthusiasts who initially were enthralled with Jesus. These are the very ones of chapter 4, verse 
one who were pressing in on Jesus. These were the reasons that Jesus, this was the reason that Jesus stepped offshore and began teaching from a boat. Because the masses were flocking to him. And I can't help but wonder about how many of the 73% of Americans who self-identify as Christians fall in this camp. Fall in this category. Who are interested and eager and excited about Jesus as long as it is safe and comfortable and convenient and exciting. In our context, this very well could be some who have even repeated the words of a prayer or have been quickly welcomed into the life and ministry and membership of the church. Or perhaps even some that were dunked in the waters of the baptistry. Yet when challenges come, when hardships come, when others disagree, when the culture shifts, when a career is on the line, when a boyfriend is uninterested in church, when the cancer spreads, when grief overwhelms, when depression sinks in, and the list goes on, signs of faith began to fade away because the faith really had no depth to begin with. Jesus never really had the heart to, to begin with. Does Jesus have your heart? See, church, Jesus is interested in our hearts. As the choir saying moments ago, I, I, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Following Christ is a matter not only of the head, but of the heart. Jesus wants our hearts. Does Jesus have your heart? On another occasion, Mark chapter 10, Jesus is recorded to have been dialoguing with a rich man. And this man approaches Jesus and asks about eternal life. He asks about uh, the kingdom of God and conveys to Jesus that he's kept the commandments since he was a boy. Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. You see, through this dialogue, through this exchange, Jesus is not necessarily saying that all of us need to get rid of everything for the sake of the poor and follow after him. He perhaps may call some of us to do that. But he's getting at the situation. He's getting at the matter of this man's heart. And he exposes the affections of this man's heart, that his heart is more focused and more in love with what he has than he is with God. The idol of his possessions is reigning in his heart, and yet Jesus What's our hearts? What is your faith in Jesus like? Is your faith only a skin-deep commitment, or is it a matter of your heart? Some hear the wrong voice, church. Some respond to the message of the gospel eagerly, yet shallowly. The story continues. Still others hear the message, but they remain distant. They listen with a safe and detached curiosity. Yet eventually they abandon Jesus for the cares of the world. Some abandon Jesus for the cares of the world. Verses 18 and 19. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Some abandon Jesus for the cares of the world. Like the dandelions that keep springing up in my yard this time of year. 
even after I sprayed the mess out of them. Anybody else struggling with that? But like the dandelions, the weeds, they keep coming up time and time again, trying to choke out the other things, the good things, the grass, cares of this world, other affections, other longings, other desires often come in and choke out genuine faith in Jesus Christ, leaving no room for Christ. Perhaps the dad who has heard the message of the gospel yet never prays it over his children. He's always looking for the next deal to close to earn another dollar. Maybe the one who doesn't even consider any sort of outreach or mission opportunities or evening Bible studies or men's groups or a family camp out, anything of that nature because his career ambitions require him to be in the office until 9 o'clock every night. Got to pay for college. Got to pay the mortgage or mortgages. Got to pay for a tutor and a coach and a travel ball team. Not that any of these things are wrong, but where does Jesus fit into the picture? What about Jesus of Nazareth? What about eternal life? What about the spiritual growth of our, our children? See, Jesus once said, but seek first His kingdom and all these things will be added to you as well. And even so, church, some abandon Jesus for the cares of the world. But there's good news. As the story continues, Jesus teaches that others, still another group, hear and believe and follow. Others hear, believe and follow. Verse 20, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60 some a hundred times what was sown. See, these are others that hear the message of the gospel and they repent, they turn away from sin and self and they trust in Jesus for salvation and then their lives begin to change and they begin to produce an abundant crop, gospel growth, a life that invests in others, that serves others for the glory of God and that begins to bear fruit for God's kingdom, begins to, Live in such a way that honors the God of the Scriptures. Good dirt. That was almost the title of this sermon, by the way. Good dirt, but as in good-dirt.com is a business out of Raleigh, North Carolina that sells soil conditioner and potting soil and This is the description that they use to describe their product. They say that this good dirt includes a nutrient charge from an organic-based plant food and a dose of plant probiotics to help you achieve a living soil. I'm not a dirt guy, but doesn't that just sound impressive? I mean, who doesn't want probiotics in your dirt. Makes me think of yogurt. How's your dirt? But really, this parable that Jesus tells, I think, invites all of us to answer the question, how's your dirt? How's your soil? How's the soil of your heart? How have you responded to the message of Jesus of Nazareth? For He does not come to help you achieve a living soil, 
but he has come to achieve for you and in you a living soul. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? And whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus. We are invited to come and to hear the message. To believe it and to follow after him. Remember what Jesus says to Simon and Andrew in Mark chapter 1. As he approaches them. Chapter 1 verse 17 he says, Come follow me, Jesus said. And I'll send you out to fish for people. Come follow me. I'll send you out to fish for people. Jesus calls us to know him and to live for him and to serve him and to join in his mission, to become part of his endeavor, to live for him. Are you living for him? Have you joined in his mission? Or are you more like one of the other soils? Find yourself in the story. Just find yourself in the story. See, the Bible is like a mirror. When we read it, we ought to be asking and answering the question, where am I in this? When we read a parable, we ought to be asking the question, which character am I? Who am I? Who are you in this particular story? And the good news is, if if you coincide with One of the less than desirable soils. If you are one of the poor soils, you don't have to remain that way. Because the invitation from Jesus continues. The call to follow Christ is extended even today. So let's follow Jesus. Friends, let's follow Jesus. Let's pursue something larger than us. Let's worship the risen Savior. Let's live for Him. Let's follow Jesus. Take up thy cross and follow me, I heard my master say. I gave my life to ransom thee. Surrender your all today. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. See, Jesus wants our heads and he wants our hearts. He wants our lives. He calls us to follow after him, to hear and to believe and to follow. Let's follow him. The truth is, apart from him, we are dead in sin. Apart from him, we are lost. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But in him and with him and through him, we will bear fruit for his kingdom. This is a story. This is a parable about receiving the word of of God, receiving the message of the gospel, responding to the message of the gospel. But it's not just a word about receiving this message of the gospel. This is also a parable about sowing the seed, about spreading the message. See, those that experience gospel growth begin sowing the seed. They become sowers. So as followers of Jesus Christ, are you a follower of Jesus? As followers of Jesus Christ, let's sow the seed deep. Friends, let's sow the seed deep. September 1st, 1992, Super Mario Kart 
was released in North America. Now, I don't think we were like opening day buyers, but it wasn't too long, and we had a Super Nintendo in our home, and Super Mario Kart was played often. And in this particular Super Nintendo game, there are various uh, uh, modes that you can play. Uh, You can play uh, a match race against an opponent. You can play uh, some other kind of race against the computer. Uh, You can do a time trial, or best of all, you can do battle mode. Battle uh, someone else in a multiplayer game. And what does that look like? You have these little balloon-type things around your cart, and your aim is to pop the other guy's balloons, or girls' balloons, three of them. If you get three, you win. There are various ways to do that. And so you get little, I don't know what you call them, little tools to do that. Um, And uh, there's various ones of these. Two that stand out to me are the turtle shells. There's a green turtle shell and there's a red turtle shell. Now, the more desirable is the red turtle shell because it has some kind of, I don't know, special powers that chase the other guy down as long as they're in sight, even rounds the corner and pops their balloon. And then there's the green turtle shells that sort of just shoot random or you can shoot dead on straight, but that's pretty impossible to do. So they just sort of ricochet off the walls until they finally hit something. So when it comes to, you're thinking, what are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. But when it comes to spreading the message of the gospel, sometimes we have to throw red turtle shells. We're sowing the message deeply. It is a targeted approach. We are engaging in an ongoing conversation, a continual dialogue with a brother or a sister or a parent or a child or a neighbor or a coworker or a classmate, investing deeply, knowing that according to the Scriptures, God spoke to the prophet Isaiah that His Word will not come back void. It will accomplish the purposes for which He sends it. It's not enough. In our day, perhaps not in any day, it's not enough to leave gospel tracts in the restroom. It's not enough to share an article from Christianity Today on Facebook. Sure, it's a start. These are good things. Nothing wrong with these. It's a start, but it's not enough. There are too many obstacles. There are too many barriers. There are too many other things competing for the affections of our hearts. There are too many other weeds in the the soil. You engage in ongoing conversations that continue over a period of time with classmates and coworkers. We need regular dialogue with family members who do not know Jesus. Let's sow the seed of the gospel deeply. Confident in the message that has been given to us, entrusted to us by God, and let's sow the seed wide. Let's sow the seed wide. Let's not only throw red turtle shells, but let's throw some green ones too. That are broadcast and eventually, according to the scriptures, will bear fruit. Let's cast the seed. Let's spread the seed of the gospel. Let's share and show the love of Jesus, knowing that sometimes it will fall on the path and birds will come and eat it up. Sometimes it will fall among the rocks and it will fade away. And sometimes it will be choked out. By weeds, but praise be to God, sometimes it will fall on good soil. And it will bear fruit. Though many fail to believe, the gospel produces an abundant crop. Jesus once said, recorded in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, 
Jesus said, and this gospel, this message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. This message entrusted to us, entrusted to other followers of Christ to spread throughout the world until Christ returns. You see, those who who believe and follow Christ long for others to know Christ. And those who believe and follow Christ long to one day be with Christ, spreading the gospel, looking for the return of the King. So friends, does that description describe you? Do you know Christ? Are you following Christ? Have you repented and believed? And are you following Jesus Christ, the Son of God? and Savior of the world. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to open the Scriptures. Lord, to invite you to speak to us. Father, to submit to you and follow your leadership. Lord, I pray that you would continue teaching us and shaping us and molding us around the truths of the Gospel. Father, we thank you that Despite our sin, despite our continued attempts to go our own way, you have provided a way for us to be forgiven, that you have provided a way for us to be restored into right relationship with you through Jesus. Father, help us to help us to be good soil. Lord, help us to follow Christ day after day, to live for you, to to surrender to you and to spread the seed. Father, guide us now as we respond to the truths of your word. May your name be praised through our mouths and in our hearts. And it's in Christ's name we pray and ask these things. Amen.